skepticism about all spiritual gifts. Not sure if they're happening because they never see them in church. All of a sudden they see a demon get cast out of someone. They're like, anything can happen. Anything, yeah. Anything can happen. Yep. Yep. Honestly, if you're sad, you don't have to get their tongues. That should compel you to prayer because the Bible says to earnestly desire mm. the gift of tongues. Mm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derry. Guys, we have a great podcast for you today. But first, mm. if you ever want to see more of our content that isn't on this show, we're on all social media platforms. You can see us on TikTok, on Instagram Reels, on YouTube Shorts. We post the video version of this podcast on YouTube and, and Spotify. also on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, you're, you can watch it if you just turn your phone on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not Apple Music, so sorry. You got to get Spotify or go on YouTube or any other mm-hmm. third party or, I don't know, other podcasting place you listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today, we are responding semi-blind reaction to mm. Alan Parr's recent video as of when we were recording this eight days ago mm. he released it by the time this episode comes out maybe it's been two weeks or so yeah um and we're responding to his reasons why he stopped speaking in tongues mm. now we want to be fair um i have watched a lot of alan parr's content i've been blessed by a lot of his takes i, think I don't watch a lot of his content. you don't watch a lot of his content i've seen a video yeah a two video. videos actually and they're since both on tongues. Now today, it's been yeah, two videos. Two videos today. <laughs> since today. Um, no, I've watched them a number of times. And I just want I want to commend him for his love of God and mm. the scriptures and how he cares so deeply to represent God well and care for the people of God. You can tell in his videos that he is really compassionate and really cares for the mm-hmm. for the body of Christ, the Christians, right? A very pastoral attitude. Um, and so we don't want to attack Alan Parr at all in this as like a, a jab at the per, his himself as a person. Alan Parr, if you watch us, what's up? Thank you for the work you do for the body of Christ. We love it. We love you. Praise God for you. We just disagree with his take on tongues. Mm. And so um, we watch this video. We, we have a couple times, Sam's because we can't watch the whole thing because it's a 20-minute video, so we can't live react to the whole thing. We could, but and, you wouldn't watch it. Yeah, probably. you wouldn't watch it. Also, YouTube would be like, this is too much. Now it's copyright. And so, probably not. We can you show have things in its fractions. entirety. We can show it in its entirety as long as we pause and add uh, content to it. That's okay. what it is. That's fair. As long as you're That's, adding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. We would be legally okay. Yeah. But my, I just found out from my lawyer that we'd be legally okay. Um, <laughs> but we don't want to respond for 20 minutes because then we'd be talking for probably mo- double that. So it's not necessary. Like not necessary. So much of the video is like its own personal story. Yeah. yeah. So you guys can go check out that video at the end if you want to see the whole thing in all of its context. But we we wrote down some timestamps we want to reply to, some points about tongues. We speak in tongues. At least I do. We believe speaking in tongues awesome. is for today. Uh, uh, probably at least once a week. Well, really? Maybe one, every other week. Sometimes every, I, sometimes every other I week for me. Yeah. yeah. But it usually happens if I'm like in a deep worship service yeah. or if I'm driving and, you know. Yeah. Um, we have debates about speaking in tongues in my class, my college class, every week. Sometimes Derry and I argue in tongues. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> like, yeah, that's that would be like a crazy charismatic thing. I, I would understand people would be mad about. That would be insane. Uh, but that's fair. I would also think those guys are weird. Yeah. Um, Look, we're just edifying both of our, ourselves <laughs> by doing that. Yeah, this debate is edifying. Yeah. Um. So individually. So we're we're excited to talk about this. I actually, we didn't even plan to. Um, we had a different talk. podcast. Yeah, planned. we had we had a whole yeah. different podcast planned in the last minute. We were like, let's let's do tongues, you know, for different reasons. And what's really cool is like maybe the this is the Lord because today someone asked me like, oh, what are your opinions on tongues? Mm-hmm. And so I already had a, a pretty 
semi-lengthy conversation about mm. tongues today and, and refresh my mind way before we knew this was happening. So praise God for, for his Did divine wisdom. Did you convince wisdom. that person? What's that? Did you convince that person that it's okay in the end? Uh, they were very open-minded, didn't have any... Uh, Opinions that need to be really? convincing. They're just like I've never heard anything about it. So they did you... when I talked to him about it. What's that? They did when I talked to him about it. Oh really? Yeah. Talking about the same person. Yeah, the same person. Oh, they told me I don't really have opinions. I just learned about this. So really? Wait. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, they're like I've never heard That's about. That's really it. strange. What I find very fascinating about uh, speaking in tongues and people not liking it is I feel like it's the why don't you like it? <laughs> why is this something to get mad about? Yeah, it's like it's the only <laughs> gift. That people are vehemently against. Like, yeah. It's really strange. It's really weird. Like Paul mentions <laughs> it in the same sentence as prophecy. He's like, you should try you should do both of these things. Or you should desire to do both these things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say like you should desire to like be wise and prophesy or to be generous and prophesy or have faith and prophesy. He's like, you should desire to have tongues and prophesy. Yeah. And it's yeah. like people are like, No, don't want to. No. <laughs> which is that's a problem right like it's we talked about that with our cessationist episode like if you're discouraging people from practicing things that the bible says to to uh chase after that's a problem you know mm-hmm. um so let's um we're gonna pull up alan parr's video um and we'll defend why we believe speaking in tongues is for today and why people can do it and why it's it's okay mm. um here we why, first why don't you think people like tongues like why is it oh. like especially cessationists, cessationists mm-hmm. why is it they pick on tongues immediately Probably cease. because it's the most, you have the most irresponsibility with it yeah. in the charismatic realm. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's misused. There's yeah, there's so many people yeah. who do it wrong. Yeah, exactly. And don't follow the biblical mandates for it that it's easy to tear apart. Mm-hmm. It's like how charismatics go after, I don't know, uh, God's predestination against Calvinism. Yeah. Right. It's like there's so many ways to attack it that yeah. that's just it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Um, that's what I would think. Um, but I think a lot of people who believe tongues is not for today i i understand a lot of them really genuinely love the lord mm-hmm. they're just misunderstood yeah now if you're unwilling to change your opinion out of pride you have bigger problems mm. that you need to, to figure out i think one of the strongest cases against tongues existing for today because i can't find any in the bible is outside of the bible within church history because it's not talked about a lot within church history and the church fathers mm-hmm. i'm sure you can find instances of it being talked about but it's just not a popular topic right and so there is kind of that uh, imbalance there of like yeah talk about a lot in the New Testament and then all of a sudden like the early church doesn't talk about like it falls off kind of yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of interesting yeah yeah so but none of the other guests fell off so yeah interesting so yeah. um we'll bring this up and then I will have to start this over so yeah. we're just we'll watch play it from intro. the beginning or yeah the beginning is just his, like personal testimony um you want to start with the just the first point then? I don't really care about that. Okay, yeah, we can start with the first point. All right, so we believe this is the right area. Here we go. Today, I'm going to give you several reasons as to why and how I got to where I am today. Okay, so the first one is more of an experiential reason, and I'm going to call that just simply peer pressure for lack of uh, another term. But let me give you a little bit of background with my uh, story. So I grew up in a traditional Baptist church where really a great church, great pastor, great people, but there was very little spiritual expression in terms of uh, outward expression. Uh, people weren't shouting. They weren't dancing. They weren't shouting amen. I remember there was one guy in church, uh, Brother Andy, and he would always say amen when the pastor would say something good and everybody looked at him like it was something wrong. Like, so that's the type of church that I grew up in, a phenomenal church. But when Love I went it. to college and I attended a charismatic church, I experienced some things there that I had never experienced. It's like my eyes were open to the feeling of every, the emotion of the experience. Every Baptist student that comes to YWAM, that's their experience immediately. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know people could speak in tongues. And you're like, have you ever read the Bible? You're like, just wait. It gets way weirder. Yeah. You're in week three. <laughs> you have no idea. 
just wait. Just wait till people start getting get falling out and getting slain in the spirit. Yeah. And getting crazy. demons cast out of them. Yeah. All right. It's pretty wild. You haven't seen nothing. I Look, feel bad for them. This is this is, in my opinion, this is the conversion to charismaticism that every like <laughs> reformed person makes. It's like skepticism about all spiritual gifts. Not sure if they're happening because they never see them in church. All of a sudden they see a demon get cast out of someone. They're like, anything can happen. Anything, yeah. Anything can happen. Yep. Yep. It's crazy. I was just telling that story last week when uh or when the last time we podcast. I don't know when mm. these episodes come out, even though I schedule them. Um <laughs> we were talking about that. That guy who got a demon cast out of him from our friend. Yeah. And he, he's like, what was that? And he's like, well, that was a demon. And then the dude's like, got saved and baptized on the same day. Yep. Because he's just like, what? You see, you get a demon cast out of you, you will be like, oh, yeah. all right. The spiritual realm is real and spiritual gifts are real. And, yeah. And if it seems a little wacky to speak in tongues, like it's way more wacky to have a demon inside of you and yeah. you get it cast yeah. out. Like weird stuff. Like it's not normal to have a, a voice that's not yours speaking to you all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. you can be free from that. That's not your intrusive thoughts. Yeah. You might want to might want to get some deliverance. But what I love too, I was thinking about this, this kind of off topic. It seems like Gen Z is going after the spiritual gifts more than I think our generation or the generation before us did hmm. a little bit in my experience. And I'm hearing more stories of people engaging in spiritual warfare on the daily, like, oh, casting out demons and Mm. like, oh, I'm praying for healings. They're getting healed. And I'm really encouraged that the Christians in Gen Z seem to desire, in my experience and what I witnessed, seem to really desire the spiritual gifts. Mm. And I think God will answer that prayer. And we might, I think we're going to, we're going to see some cool stuff in this generation. It's great. But let's get back to, to this and respond to this peer pressure point. Uh, the, the church and, and, and how people were expressing themselves and worshiping all these different things. And so what I quickly realized coming from my traditional Baptist church is that I felt like a fish out of water. I looked around and I saw a whole bunch of other people speaking in tongues, have seemingly having this experience with God, this encounter with God. And I was <laughs> totally clueless what was going on. I didn't even know what tongues was. Right. And so right away, I started feeling peer pressure. I started feeling this okay. sense that I wanted to belong. There's something within all of us that wants to belong, wants to be accepted, wants to uh, fit in with other people. And so I was feeling that pressure. I didn't want to be the one that was left out. I saw people seemingly having these amazing encounters with God during worship. And I said to myself, I want some of that. And I can imagine some. Okay. So peer pressure. Valid um, point. What's that? Valid point. Valid point. When I, I could understand. Now here's the thing. Yeah. If you just started making up tongues out mm-hmm. of peer pressure, that's not tongues. Yeah. You're just making stuff up. Yeah. And I understand it's like a sensitive thing when people are like, oh, I really want that. Why don't I have it? And there's all the questions like, am I doing something wrong because I don't have it? Mm-hmm. This is why we need good biblical teaching on what tongues is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that tongues is like for every single Christian. For sure. It's pretty clear in the Bible that not every Christian gets tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about that gift. later because we're going we're gonna to talk about that. What's that? Or any gift. Yeah. There's so many different gifts. Now you'll get a gift. Yeah. But you won't get all the gifts. Yeah. You know, you're not OP out here. Mm-hmm. But... Some people. Some people. And also that the spirit wants to work healing in you or like a like healing through you. Mm-hmm. That can happen. But I don't think that, a gift. that means that you have the gift of healing. Right. Some people have the gift of healing and every time they pray for people, it's like boom, 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 boom. I pray for people to get healed and it's every uh, once in a while. It works. I, I say every other time. I'm like, whoa. What's that? You're about to say every other time. No, no. It's, it's, like, it's, 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 uh, I'll think every other time. I, I don't think it's every other time when I pray for people to get healed. No, no, it's not. No. Yeah. I thought this was going to say though. No, that'd be crazy. Yeah. I'd be never. I'm asking you to pray for me, like on uh, an every other every time. other day. You're like, let's see, it's a it's an even day. I'll Did it work last tomorrow. time, Ethan? Oh, I pray for me now. <laughs> you're like, when was the last time you, you prayed for someone to get healed? Did they get healed? I'll ask. Okay, okay my I'll, turn. I'll have him ask, and then I'll ask. <laughs> it works like clockwork. There we go. 
Um, so peer pressure, understandable why yeah. um, as you grow up and, and reflect why you would kind of question like, oh, maybe I had some peer pressure. Mm. I, I get that. Um, wasn't my experience. Um, I just had, I just heard about it at a church camp and then I was like, what is that? And I had a, a youth leader explain it to me and I wanted to do it. So I started doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't grow up in a church that talked spoken tongues and stuff like that. And so it was not peer pressure for me when I first learned how to. I was like at a college group or something, and no one I knew really did it. Um, but I just felt like the Lord calling me to. And I think for his situation, though, I'll explain my my situation in a second. Mm-hmm. I think for his situation, the the probably the circle, or at least at least from the videos he's put, he put like in the mm-hmm. background when he's talking about this, mm-hmm. seem like they're super charismatic, right? Mm-hmm. And both of us are not necessarily in line in our view of tongues with that kind of speaking in tongues when it comes to like uber charismaticism, right? Like we don't believe that everybody should be praying in tongues all together like at church, right? Like you know, like, yeah, don't do that. That's not what we believe. We don't think that's what the Bible says, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's not something we agree with. And so it would totally make sense if you're in a church like that, everybody is speaking in tongues. The worship leader is praying in tongues on the mic. Like everyone's praying over you and speaking in tongues. And it's, mm-hmm. it's obviously you're going to be peer pressured into wanting mm-hmm. to be able to speak in tongues. Yeah. yeah. Totally normal. And I've been in settings like that where churches have. I've been in prayer meetings and they're like, everyone just pray in your prayer language. And everyone's just praying in tongues. And I remember I would look around and I'm like, Pretty sure we're not supposed to do this. <laughs> pretty sure the Bible says ex- pretty sure directly not to do this. Yeah, pretty sure Paul says two or three at the most, and only if there's interpreters. Yep. There's like maybe twenty of us doing it, and no interpreter. Yeah. Now, if that that's okay, if we were all in our own personal quiet time doing it for mm. God, we'll get into the scriptures in the in this episode. Mm. So we're gonna give an exegetical reason as well, um, why a, a exegetical defense for tongues. Um, but yeah, I was like, guys, don't do this. And the unfortunate part is I had brought someone who really wasn't following Jesus to this prayer meeting mm. and trying to get them involved in, in church. And, and they left like, what the heck was that? And exactly. Literally what? Play. Yeah. Word for word, play by play reaction of what Paul said. Yeah. Paul's like, look, don't do this corporately. If you do it, people are going to think you're crazy. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. I was, I was that's like, so afterwards, funny. I was like, so I'm, I had to apologize. I was like, look, I was like, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was weird. I am also, I understand if you don't want to come back. <laughs> I, I get it. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. So I've seen it used wrong and I've seen the results of it used wrong. So we want to make sure we do it right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we're jumping into, to, I think this is actually titled the first reason. Mm-hmm. Um. No reason number two. Um. Yeah. We're going to go into the second reason he says. To conform. So the second reason why I no longer speak in tongues, I don't know if I ever really did to begin with, to be honest with you, is because I started studying the word of God for myself instead of blindly following the spiritual wisdom of the people that I looked up to. And when I did, I saw some very distinct discrepancy between what was going on in the church and what I was experiencing in my own prayer time with God and what the Bible was actually saying. Now, let me give you one of those examples. I was taught that there is a big difference between speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. And I know many of you watching this video, you have probably been taught the same thing. But Let's just see what the Bible has to say about that and whether there is a clear difference. More than likely, you've been taught that speaking in tongues is a message that edifies the body of Christ if there is interpretation, but praying in tongues is something that you do with God in your private time. It's a private prayer language that edifies you. All right, let's see if that is biblically accurate. All right, where do we begin? There's so many different issues with this particular interpretation. Now, the first is that there is not one example in the entire New Testament where you see a person praying in a private prayer language to God. Okay, hold on. I want to bring it back. I... We're supposed to keep it playing for a couple more seconds, mm-hmm. but I just want to address this real quick. Yeah. And then maybe we won't continue because 
There is not one example in the Bible where a person is praying in tongues as a private prayer language. That's what he says. Yeah. Okay. Here's, where's the camera? Can you see? Here's my, I have this app that I can, I just typed in tongue and it's showing me every time tongue is used in, in the Bible. Okay. First Corinthians 14, four, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Okay. So self edification. Mm, um, the basis of it. Yep. Yep. Uh, where there, yeah, as a private prayer language. And just to back you up on that point, the difference, he even explains this in one of his own videos, like 10 months ago about speaking in tongues, the difference between, uh, the public exhortation and a personal exhortation of speaking in tongues. And he says at Pentecost, the Greek words that are used are different. He said, mm, not necessarily different than in this passage, but, uh, for the person speaking, they're speaking in a tongue, like the physical, like tongue, not in a language. Right. Mm. So, but there is a word for an actual language, mm -hmm. a logos, right? And uh, I think the the actual word is dialectus or something. Um, and so, for the person hearing the tongue, it was uh, a dialectus. They were hearing it in their dialect, in mm. their language. Mm -hmm. But the person speaking it was not speaking in a language. Wow. They were speaking like a tongue to Lord. Wow, that's cool. Right. So a clear and, difference. And we've seen that, or we haven't seen it, but we know people who've had that. Like our yeah. own pastor went to Thailand, was on a mission trip, and. And was just praying for this girl and, and this four-year-old girl is looking at her like, or looking at him like he's weird. Mm -hmm. And turns out that she was hearing him in Thai pray for her. Crazy. Right? And he was praying in English. And so that was a, a, the gift of tongues in that sense. Okay. So anyways, um, this, this idea that there's not one example in the Bible where a person is praying in tongues as a private prayer language. Mm -hmm. Okay. What does he mean? Like we don't see like, oh, Paul was praying in tongues. Because yeah, there's not a story that's written down where it says this, but we have so much scripture like... The, like first Corinthians 14 two, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God for no one understands them, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's private. And, and for, again, two verses down, yep. one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Uh, one, the next verse after that first Corinthians 14, five. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy and greater is one who prophesies and speaking in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the whole church may be edified. Mm. Um, yeah. So if there's an interpreter, the church is edified. Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. there's not, the individual is edified. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's a command. Yeah. Yeah. Like the if you just read, you just read from the beginning of First Corinthians 14 to the end of it. Like it makes it so so clear. Yeah. That speaking in tongues is almost never for the edification of other other people, and it's almost always for personal. Unless there's interpretation. Yeah. Unless yeah. there's interpretation. Yeah. Personal edification for yourself. Like yeah. over and over. Like there's three different instances in a row after what you're reading, mm -hmm. where if you just read the verse, it would say like this is for your own personal edification, and the examples mm -hmm. it gives is like prophecy for the body of Christ uh tongues for yourself and for outsiders mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so it's very interesting yeah first corinthians 14 14 for if i pray in a tongue my my spirit prays but my mind is unfruitful mm -hmm. and i'm trying to find the verse exactly where it says uh yeah okay ooh, ooh, if you this, keep reading that part it also gives an example okay this is good uh right after 14 yeah yeah, yeah. and click on it um or I guess I what is it. the outcome then i will pray in the spirit and i will pray with my mind also i will sing in the spirit and i will sing in my mind also Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if I bless you in spirit only, how will the, the one who fills the place of the ungifted say amen? Mm -hmm. And you're giving of thanks since he does not know what you are saying. Yeah. For you're giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. So mm -hmm. you can pray in, in tongues and give thanks. Mm -hmm. But it says the person's not edified because they don't know. Mm -hmm. And There's then he says praying and giving thanks and mm -hmm. singing and all these things in mm -hmm. tongues, in the spirit. In tongues. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so and then he roasts them. He says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. He's Pretty like, great. but and he comes and this is my paraphrase, but he's like, mm. but if I come to church, I want to edify you guys. I want to speak five words in a language you understand mm-hmm. than a thousand words in tongues. Yeah, That's and it's, it's right? so clear, so clear by the context that Paul mm-hmm. is saying that there isn't an inter- interpretation for these times. He's saying mm-hmm. you're speaking in tongues and you're praising the Lord and it's edifying to you and you don't know what you're saying and you're speaking in a heavenly language, right? Mm-hmm. Like something that only angels can understand, you know? And mm-hmm. it, that's what it is. And then sometimes there's an interpreter, interpreter, and if there's an interpreter, then people will understand what you're saying. Right. Um, but sometimes there's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and what Alan Parr's point is, he's like, well, there's never an, an exact point where Paul explicitly says that, like, it's just for yourself. And, like, if you just read the context, like, if you do what you said you did and you just and read, read the, the Bible. Bible for yourself, like, you're going to see that, like, this is for your own personal edification and often not for the edification of the church. Right. 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 And, like, Paul, if he was saying this is only for when there's an interpreter, he would put that caveat at the end of all of these examples and say, mm-hmm. um, well, you shouldn't sing in tongues and you shouldn't pray in tongues and you shouldn't give thanks in tongues unless there's an interpreter. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Right. And all these examples right after he goes and you could do that. And he says, you could do this, but there's not understanding sometimes. And so it's not for the edification of the church. He clear explicitly mm-hmm. says that he says you shouldn't do it like out loud and all these things because it's not for other people. There's not an understanding. There's only the understanding uh, when there's an interpreter. But when there's not an interpreter, it's just for your own personal like game, your mm-hmm. own personal edification. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know how he read this for himself and like, I don't know, didn't get that from it. Right, right. And I mean, I would love to probably watch the whole thing because I'm like, how do you how do you miss that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't get it. I'm trying to bring the volume back up here. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like I love that point that you made about um, prof like uh, tongues corporately needs interpreter mm-hmm. edifies tongues individually just edifies. Yeah. And we have we have more scripture to get there. I don't want I don't want to just like we can blast it, you know, just just read like first Corinthians like 12 to 15 mm. and you'll you'll understand yeah first Corinthians 12 to 15 chapters um so this is a, the one mm. in- can i make one more point mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just to, to this point i think this is one of the strongest points uh for our position over alan pars right now or the one he takes right now he might change his mind in six months because he did last six months you know what i mean which is okay we can yeah. do that i think there's a clear difference in speaking in tongues publicly and like for the edification of unbelievers versus the church because when paul talks in the context of the church in first corinthians he says that it's not for the edification of the body, but assigned to the unbeliever. But then immediately, and this is the verse everyone gets confused about. Yeah. Immediately he says, but if an unbeliever comes into the church and sees you speaking in tongues, they'll be freaked out. Right? And people are like, mm-hmm. wait, that's, you just said this. And then you said, you said the, the unbeliever, but you said they'll be freaked out. Yeah. It's and like, so I think there's a, that clearly points to two different examples of tongues. In mm-hmm. Pentecost, it's assigned to the believer. Right, like mm-hmm. it's assigned to those who didn't know, and it, yeah. they were speaking in their own, like in the the spiritual language, but they were hearing it in their own dialect. Right, mm-hmm. assigned to the unbeliever. But if they did that in church and they're just they're just speaking in tongues, like uh, to the Lord, not for interpretation. Someone else comes in, there is an interpretation. Then it's only going to hinder them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it totally makes sense in that context. If you're just saying there's only one kind of tongues that can only ever be done, then mm-hmm. there's so many problems with that. Paul is literally contradicting himself. If right. he's saying it edifies other people like outside of the church that aren't Christians, but also if they hear it in church, then they're going to be confused. And you're like, well, which one is it? Right. I'm confused. Right. There must be two different ones. Yeah. 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 And so we're not going to watch this, this part of the video um, that we're going to get into next, but we just want to, it's a question he asked and then he talks about it a lot. So we're just mm-hmm. going to ask the question and then answer it yeah. before moving on. Okay. So 
he was taught that there was a difference between praying in tongues and having a prayer language. Mm. And I think it sounds like we're kind of dancing around that idea a little bit with the personal and the corporate. And so biblically, how do we understand it? Is it true that there is a personal prayer language and then they're speaking in tongues corporately mm. or is it only speaking in tongues? Because when I got asked this earlier today and just like and whenever people ask me about tongues on the normal occasion, people ask my opinion on tongues. Yeah. You know, just out for coffee and a random stranger says, hey, what do you think of tongues? Mm. You know, that's a pretty normal occurrence. Mm. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Um, happens all the time. Happens all the time. Yeah. Like who you guys don't get asked this question. Who are you hanging out with? You guys are real Christians. <laughs> <laughs> you mean sinners aren't coming up and asking you deep theological questions? <laughs> um, yeah, I would I would think that. I, the, just, the language is not there, like a prayer language. Those yeah. words aren't in the Bible. Yep. But I think speaking in tongues is pr- uh, praying in a language. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's a difference. It's an between, unknown language, yeah. right? For angels. Yeah. I don't think there's a difference between praying in tongues and having a prayer language. Both are praying in tongues yeah. in just different ways. Just like mm. I can pray in different ways. I actually think it's the same. Hmm. I, I don't have anything to back that up, but I, I mean, be, because yeah. the Greek words are the same in the first Corinthians 14 passage and in Pentecost tongues is the same Greek word. Um, I can get it up here in a second. Actually, let me do that just to, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it very well for you. Um, but the word in the Greek will bring on uh, Chad Lewis to, to read Greek next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Dialectos is when I hear it. And so I'm just looking for it in the passage. Yeah, no worries. Myself to find it. You want me to help you? No. I won't help him. Don't help me. Well, yeah. So the the just a recap as if you for you guys listening, we're we're asking the question, is there a difference between praying in tongues or and, and speaking in tongues and having a prayer language? Because that is something that is taught. I've heard teachings on it. I don't think it's true. I think your prayer language is you speaking in tongues and they can edify yourself or the body, like we've been talking about. Do you find the word? No, I didn't write it down. All right. Oh wait, we can just take it on faith. I think it's glossa. Until someone in the comments. Comes I don't know for the us. the accent to use, but I think it's glossa or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know how to pronounce it. But the the word is the same in the in both passages, and so I think, in in my opinion at least, that they are both the same thing. That if you're speaking in tongues to be interpreted or speaking in tongues for yourself, they are both like the the word glossa just is talking about the physical tongue. It's mm. not talking about a dialect or a language someone can understand. It just means the physical like part of your body, the tongue, right? Mm -hmm. And so like Paul is saying, you're speaking in, like using your tongue, you're speaking like this gibberish to angels, like a a heavenly spiritual language, right? That only they can understand that's for your own edification, Mm -hmm. right? And no one else is edified because it's for your own edification because no one else understands, Mm -hmm. right? Paul mentions it several times in in chapter 14. Um, But other people can, it can be assigned to the unbeliever if it is then interpreted. Mm-hmm. And like Pentecost, we see, and that that interpretation might be prophecy yeah. that might convict them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, it, there can be different things that can be interpreted too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be interpreted, and it can be a sign for the unbeliever. But that would be the uh, that the dialectus of it being interpreted. Either way, you're edifying yourself by speaking in tongues, and the Lord can do whatever He wants with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's my opinion. But uh, people can think it's different too. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so now, yeah, it's, if you're like, want to use different words, yeah, you're welcome to use different words. I don't I, call it a prayer language. Yeah. I just call it speaking in tongues. I've had people say, like, everyone just pray in your prayer language. And I'm like, why don't you just say speak in tongues? That's what yeah. the Bible says. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's like, yeah. it, it is the same thing. Okay, so this next point. But here's another reason why I stopped speaking in tongues was it just did not make sense. I don't know if that's a good phrase for me to use or not, but it didn't make sense. Let me explain what I mean by this. Some people will say, oh, you know what? Well, God gives the ability to, for some Christians to pray in tongues and other people don't have that giftedness, right? So let me ask you this question. Does it make logical sense to you for God as a loving father to give the ability for some of his children to communicate with him and have private access or some secret access or closer access to him, but yet limit the access that others, other children that he has have. Perfect example. That would be like me as a so oh, little. Dang. Okay. That's why I want to stop anyways. Okay. So let's get a different face on for him. <laughs> we'll get someone falling out. <laughs> so funny. All right. That's, that's a fine spot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. So just a, a, a fresher for you guys. He said, did it make sense? And his example is like, like, why would a loving God choose to give some children a different access to him than other children? And mm. that kind and I think it's actually, I'll say, save my, save my opinions. Do you want to share what you want? You I'm going to say the same thing. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we talked about it. Yeah. I'm just, you want me to go? Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I would just say like, that's the definition of all spiritual gifts. Like it's experiencing God in a different way all the time. Mm -hmm. And so whether or not, I mean, I don't think everyone can speak in tongues necessarily, but we all have different like experiences of God because like we are all different individuals. We're going to experience that God differently. God is incomprehensible. And so we're always just like feeling a different side of him. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if, if God is this infinite being and we're finite, we can feel a side of him or experience a side of him that's different for eternity and always find a new side of him. If it's like you're blindfolded and you're reaching around a rock. Like you're always going to find a new part of the rock mm -hmm. to feel. Yeah. yeah. If it's an infinite rock. And so it's, it's the same thing. Like if you have a spiritual gift, it's going to be different than somebody else's. You're going to be experiencing God in a different way. And so you could just, I could say to Alan Parr, like I experienced the gift of like words of knowledge and of teaching. Mm -hmm. And to say that it's unfair that I get to experience those gifts and that experience of God and someone else gets to experience the gift of faith and the gift of like prophecy or something. It's like, I would love to have those gifts too, but it's not what God has not how God decided to put me together. It's yeah, not the gift he decided to give me. Like it's a different yeah. experience for sure, but it's not like I get to be closer to God than this other person does. It's just a different way. Mm -hmm. And it, what frustrates me is this calls into question the character of God yeah. based on experiential things, which I think is a, is you can question God's character in a humble sense of like, maybe you're having a, a time of doubting. You're like, God, I don't know. But when you're, a solid Christian and you're like, well, that doesn't seem very loving of God. Mm. Like you're like, like Alan Parr is a teacher. He has like 1.3 million subs that, and, and people are looking to him mm. and he's going to say that God giving people different gifts means that God has a different type of love for them or a different mm -hmm. degree of love is just so cringy and like sad to me where I'm like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? Mm. Like, like you said, like some people have the gift of teaching, some people have the gift of faith, some people have the gift of hospitality. Yeah. That doesn't mean God loves them less. Yeah, in a different way. Alan Parr was about to go into like his his example of his kids, and I would say, dude, does your other one kid feel less loved because you gave them a different Christmas present than you gave your other kid? Mm -hmm. Or they both feel loved because you gave them each their gift? Right. If an individual is is like sad, they don't have a gift, that should honestly, if you're sad, you don't have the gift of tongues that should compel you to prayer because the Bible says to earnestly desire mm. the gift of tongues. Mm. So we're commanded, earnestly desire this. And here's the thing, not everyone will speak in tongues, but you're supposed to earnestly desire the gifts mm. and God will give that to you. The Bible says that like uh, 
don't you know that God knows what you need before you ask him? So mm. ask. Yeah. You know, is that, like there's so much about God, like asking you will receive, knock and the door will be open. Yeah. There's so much about God's faithfulness to, to, to give if we ask mm -hmm. and to say that God might not love them the same or has a different access is just, yeah, it's just not true. Yeah. No one has, we all are righteous and, and clothed in the blood of Jesus mm -hmm. and, and can come boldly before the throne. As Hebrew says, regardless of what gift you have, it's not about how much God loves you or doesn't love you. It's not, mm -hmm. God doesn't, people who have these gifts is not, it's not more loved. And so that just makes me mad because it's totally misrepresenting the character of God. Mm -hmm. It just frustrates me. And maybe he meant something else by that point. That's kind of how it comes across. I would just say like, bro, like life's not fair. Like God didn't create life to be fair for every individual too. Mm -hmm. Like you could make the same point Alan is making that God doesn't love people equally because everybody has like different kinds of lives that they experience. Like right. in John nine, the guy who is, uh, is he born? No, he's born blind, right? Yeah. In John nine. And like Jesus heals him and all that kind of stuff. And the Pharisees are like, Lord, like, or no, his disciples say, Lord, like, was mm -hmm. it this guy who sinned or was it his parents? And he goes, right. neither. He was created this way so that God could be glorified. Like God right. is allowed to like create people like in these kind of ways and use like the, uh, manipulations of nature to be able to bring himself glory. Right. Yeah. And like yeah. it, it sucks for an individual and it's unfair, but God's allowed to do that kind of stuff yeah. to bring himself glory. Yeah. There's things that God does in the old Testament that are unfair. Yeah. He, God told Ezekiel, Hey, I'm going to kill your wife and you're not allowed to cry about it. It's going to be assigned to Israel. Yeah. And he did it. Yeah. Now everyone might be in the comments be like, Oh my gosh, how is God good? If he did that, we mm -hmm. can, that's other topic. We can talk about it, mm -hmm. but God is on a mission to bring himself glory and him, him bringing glory means people get saved. Mm. It's when the I, best thing for humanity yeah, when God gets the glory. The best thing that can happen to any human is God's glory, is God gets glorified because he loves us. So if he's getting glory, he's working on behalf of his people. Yeah. Anyways, I just, it's just a bad take. It doesn't make sense. It's not a reason to abandon a theological position. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. called... Yeah. Yeah. The mysteries of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to this next point for about a minute. Is People right teach. Time, because the mm -hmm. overall idea of praying in tongues is that it gives you the ability to pray in a prayer that is 100% pure. Because when you and I pray in our native language, we don't know what the full will of God is. Sometimes we might say, oh, you know, I want this, I want that. And so we might be influenced to pray for something that might be fleshly, that might not be God's will. But whenever you pray in Never tongues, that. you mm. bypass your intellect, you bypass your education, you bypass your emotion, you bypass your desires, you bypass your will, and you give to God what is a 100% pure prayer that comes from your spirit to God. That sounds real good, but my friends, show me in the Bible where it clearly teaches that when you pray to God, all the things that I just mentioned happen. Now, you can get to a verse that's, Sounds kind of close, like 1 Corinthians 14, 14, which is, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Now, I don't even have time to break this all down, but there are so many different interpretations of this verse. You know it's your video you do, but. What's that? I said it's your video, you have time, but. Yeah, yeah, you can actually, you can have time. Um, there's, yeah, 14, 14, he referenced, which I, if I pray in a tongue, my mind prays, but my, my, or my spirit, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I don't like that he said, now, maybe because we're not watching the whole point, maybe he explains what he thinks. I'd hope he does. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, if there's so many interpretations, what do you think? What do you think the gift of tongues is? Mm -hmm. You know, what does that mean for you? But um, there's, he, he said that you bypass all these things. If you pray yeah. in tongues, you bypass. And the reason um, he says that is there's, there's Bible verse um, that I'm trying to find. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like you bypass this, you bypass this, you bypass this. Um, 
1 Corinthians 14.2 seemed to forget that verse when he went to 14.14. 14. Mm-hmm. Could have gone back 12 verses. But he says, for one who speaks in a tongue, we mentioned this earlier, does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. But his spirit, he speaks mysteries. And the one who speaks in tongues edifies himself. And so I understand. So people extrapolate that and they say, yeah. okay, he speaks to God. No one can understand him. Therefore, maybe demons can't understand him. Yeah. And and so the adding the demons and the enemy into that, that is a bit um, adding to it. What do you call it when uh, embellishing? Yeah. You might be embellishing a little bit of that verse. But the main point is you can't understand it, but God can. Yeah. And that's what they're saying. That's why they say it's a pure prayer or you're offering up to God. It's because mm-hmm. it's like, hey, your mind's not doing this. It's just your spirit crying out to God's spirit. Mm-hmm. So it might be one of the purest ways to pray. Maybe. Yeah. Also, the Bible doesn't say it's the purest way to pray. So yeah, yeah. we would say, we probably agree and be like, okay, yeah, it's just not the purest way to pray. Yeah. It's a way to pray. Yeah. Now, maybe all ways to pray are pure because it's God's spirit crying out. It's God's spirit in you crying out to God. So it's pure. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Like if you've made, if you've been made righteous and blameless before God, almost everything you pray is probably going to be pure. You can pray from selfish ambition, but God will yeah. convict you and you'll and lead you in the right way. Mm-hmm. You have any thoughts on on this? No, I mean I've never really heard that before because I didn't really grow up in charismaticism that much. Um, that it's like the purest or holiest way to pray or anything like that, or like it's like when you pray in tongues, the devil can't understand you. Like I never heard that before. So I mean, it might be true, but it also doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't care if the devil hears the my devil prayers. can hear. Like oh yeah, that's true. What? <laughs> you hear my prayers why does it matter if the devil can understand my prayers or not yeah go for it bro <laughs> like i have the victory in christ Listen no in. weapon formed against me shall prosper yeah. he who's in me is greater than he who's in the world like i've not been given a spirit of fear why does it matter if the devil can hear me anyways mm. i actually want the devil to hear me i'm mm. like casting him out you know yeah. like let's go also is the devil specifically listening to ethan peterson probably not i remember being a little kid and i did hear somebody say something about like the devil can hear your prayers or something, but I wasn't in the context of praying in tongues as before any of that happened in my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, man, I have demons that visit me all the time at night and it sucks. And You're I, having bad dreams. Yeah. No, not bad dreams. Like I just know they're in my room and it just, I get really scared. Oh really? You just- <laughs> and, and I was like, and I was like, dang, like <laughs> if I start praying, like I'm going to be admitting to the devil that like it's working. Yeah. And I'm afraid. And I was like, it's like I can't pray out loud. Yeah, I, I had similar room. thoughts, bro. I'm like, if I say God, I'm scared right now. They're gonna know when they're gonna win, so I can't let them win. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like I'm just gonna pray in my mind because then they can't see that like I'm afraid right now. I'm just gonna pray and ask yeah. the Lord to help go away. And I was like, if I and even it got kind of bad because as a little kid, I was like, even if I rebuke it like in the name of Jesus, like they're gonna know it's working because I'm trying to rebuke it. It's just gonna get worse. And it's like, so well, I, you didn't I, have a lot of confidence. I, like, in I don't the name know. Maybe Jesus. maybe I'll just rebuke <laughs> it in the name of Jesus in my head. <laughs> like that, and that usually worked too. But yeah. I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Man, spiritual warfare is crazy. Yeah, it's weird. All right, so this is getting into the to the last point. Um, and I don't really have a time to stop this written down. And just whenever he finishes his point or whenever you want to make a comment, yeah, we yeah. can go. Question is, no, not everybody has the same gifts. Not only that, guys, let me ask you this we question. Agree. Is there mm-hmm. any example in the Bible? I was taught that, so people who are listening, he says, I was taught that you had to pray for the gift of tongues and learn how to speak in tongues. Where someone prayed and asked God for the gift of tongues? Because that's another thing that people will say is, hey, if you want this gift, just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give it to you. Well, first of all, there's a problem right there. Sorry, Can you? Yes. Not only that, guys, let me ask you this question. Is there any example okay, in the no, Bible no, where someone prayed and asked God for the gift of tongues? Because that's another thing that people... We'll just stop there. 
Is there an example in the Bible where someone prayed and got the gift of tongues? Um, I don't, not the exact, well, here's the thing. People got baptized in the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. So you could say they prayed for salvation and God gave them tongues. Yeah. So that would be an example. You could stretch that out a bit with like the yeah. Gentiles and, and stuff like that. But also, um, who cares? Why like, Why is that a good question to ask? Yeah. It's, we're told to do that. Right. And so who cares if there's an right. example of it happening or not? Like we're told to do it. Yeah. Here's the thing. Is there, there like, what do you, how far do you want to take this? Like, do you want to look at every command that Paul gave us and said, is there a command of someone or is there an example of someone doing this? Mm-hmm. Is there an example of someone? There's an example of someone telling us to. Yeah. If it's a command, you don't need an example of someone doing it. Mm-hmm. But also Paul spoke in tongues more than all of us, like we read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, again, the Bible says earnestly desire these gifts. I'm trying to think if there's examples of a lot of the gifts happening in the New Testament where people right. pray and then receive and then start using them. There's prophecy. Words of knowledge is mentioned once in the entire I can't think Bible. Of, I can't think of a lot of examples of anybody praying and then receiving a gift and then using it. Only people re- like using gifts that they have. Because mm-hmm. that's what he's asking for. He's yeah. asking for someone praying, yeah. and receiving, and then using a gift. But I can't think of a lot of examples right. for any of the gifts that someone does that. Just people that are mentioned to have been using those gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And 1 Corinthians 14, 39 says, Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid the speaking of tongues. Mm. The speaking in tongues. And here's the thing. There's there's parts where it talks about like um, gathering together with the believers. And it says some pray or some prophesy, some teach, some have a, a psalm, some sing songs, mm. some pray in tongues. Mm. And so there's... There was an aspect of normal Christian gatherings mm. had uh, examples of like, yeah, people just speak in tongues and someone interprets and then mm-hmm. someone sings a song and then and someone encourages and someone teaches and someone explains the scriptures. And so it's like, guys, if the church is commanded to do it and we are the church and there's no clear teaching that the gifts will cease because there isn't because mm. they haven't. We should probably want to do this. Yeah. And just because it doesn't make sense, just because you had an experience of peer pressure doesn't make it wrong. Right. And so I, do, I just. Or someone misused it doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make it wrong. Like that's like saying Christianity is not true because a Christian was mean to me once. Right. That happens a lot. Christians are works in progress too. Mm. You know, we're, we're learning. And so it's just. It, I, when people say the tongues doesn't exist and or tongues isn't for today and it's not mm. this, it's not that. I just always am like, guys, have you read the Bible? Mm-hmm. And I know Alan Parr has. So I'm like, how, who are you listening? Who is who's informing this? Yeah. And it's bad. It's damaging because at worst, at, at the very least, you're discouraging someone from experiencing a measure of, of Christianity and, and Christian life that could benefit them. At worst, you're discouraging people from pursuing something we're commanded to pursue. Right, right. It's so interesting with many cessationists. It's like their statement will be, I believe that God can do any of these gifts whenever he wants to, but that they're not given to us now. But someone could operate in one if God lets them, except for tongues. Except for tongues. Right? If someone ever speaks in tongues, it's demonic or like just wacky and they're insane. Yeah. And you're like, oh, so like you're cool with God doing anything but tongues, even though it's commanded that we do it. Right. And desire it. Yeah, I've never understood it. It's really strange. I've never understood it. Yeah. We should get a cessationist on and ask them about this stuff. Well, yeah. The thing is, all the cessationists I know currently don't have great biblical knowledge enough to like come on and talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the ones that are readily available. But we can find somebody. Yeah, yeah we can reach out to some friends of ours. Um, now, to encourage you guys in tongues, 
you should ask God for tongues. Yeah. You should, and, and here's the thing about Christianity that's so amazing. Prayer is a safest place where you can be as curious as you want in mm-hmm. your spirituality. You should stay curious as a Christian. Mm-hmm. You should be like wondering like, God, is tongues real? Mm-hmm. Can you show me? I, If you want to give me tongues, God, please give me tongues. Like be curious in your prayers because God might just surprise you, you know, and, and we speak in tongues. We are, my family speaks in tongues. Um, our friends speak in tongues. Yeah. It happens. And, and you might, if you ask, you might be surprised to get it, mm-hmm. you know, and just experiment with it. See what happens at the very least. You're just trying to pursue God the best of your ability. And God loves that. And the very best you get tongues. Yeah. And how many more other gifts would be open to you? I've seen blind people see. I've seen demons cast out of people. I've heard the Lord in pretty much every way that you can hear him uh, through physical audibly? feelings. Uh, maybe not audibly. Uh, physical feelings. Uh, my body physically being moved in certain directions. Uh, different things like that. When I've prayed in the spirit is when I've experienced the Lord the most intensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least that's my experience. And so like, don't miss out on that possibly happening for you too. Um, just because it seems strange. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just let the Lord take over. And if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If it's not, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. don't miss out on something that could be awesome. Yeah. God's not going to condemn you for desiring more of him. Yeah. And he's not going to withhold himself. Mm, yeah. All yeah. the time. Maybe different. Maybe if you ask for prayer, <clears throat> maybe if you ask for prayer, God will, or ask for tongues, maybe God would withhold to have you persevere in prayer to learn some possibly. character development. You know, that's yeah. possible. Also, maybe he'll say, hey, I have other giftings for you. Yeah. And that's just as glorious. Use them for the glory of God. Yeah. When I first uh, started or when I first prayed to speak in tongues, I didn't speak in tongues for like a year until after that. Mm, until wow. a year after that, I wow. think. So yeah, that happens. And I had to pray like several times for it to happen. Yeah. And mine was a slow journey of like hearing about it at a youth group or a, youth, a church camp or something like that. Asking more about it, being curious, and then just trying by myself to mm-hmm. see... And being like, do I feel anything? Am I supposed to feel anything? Are my emotions supposed to, am I supposed to get like an electric mm-hmm. feeling? Like, I don't, and I just was like, and then I just, as I studied the Bible, I, I realized, okay, yeah, this is pretty normative. This is supposed to happen. And it doesn't say that there's any goosebumps or anything like that. So I just kept doing it. And on faith, believe that God is is moving in it. And I feel the presence of the Lord when I do it. So, mm. cool. So there we go. We wrapping up. Yep. Um, pretty good episode, I think. Um, the Excited Lord for Alan Alan Parr's response to this video and yeah. his repentance, dude. How sick would that be? <laughs> Just kidding. You respond to us, Alan Parr. We need the clout. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, well, thank you guys for watching. Come back next week. Um, we just love making content that is helpful for you guys to follow Jesus. If there's any episodes you want us to do, let us know. We'd love to answer your questions. We're here to help you guys. So. If you have questions about spirituality, Christianity, we want to be able to help you in those. Yeah. All right. Shoots. Amen.